Good morning. This is the Tomorrow Christian reading Numbers 27 in the NLT. But first and always, we pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Your word is such a joy. You know, just reading it, Lord, having fun with it, but at the same time, recognizing the reverence of it, the respect of it. It's your words, but it's men's words that you have approved. I don't know how it works. It's too amazing for me to figure out. I just trust, believe, and we just want to know your word. We want to read it, sir. We want to be able to read it so we can say to ourselves, Lord, we did try to put the time in. Please speak to us. And I know you will because you promised that if we do according to your will, you will bless us. Not just for the book of Revelation, I believe in Revelation 1-3, but for every part of the Bible and in our lives. I ask in the name of Christ. Amen. Let's read the doctor of Zelophehad. These names are killing me, by the way. One day, a petition was presented by the daughters of Zelophehad, Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. One, two, three, four, five. So he had five daughters. Their father, Zelophehad, was a descendant of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Maker, son of Manasseh, son of Joseph. I mean, you got to admire the records, you know, you got to admire, like, I mean, I know my dad's name, I know my grandfather's name, uh, I don't know my great-grandfather, I know that on my mother's side, um, there's like a family tree, and um, yeah, the, the one of the guys on, one of my cousins, who's like a really super smart doctor, he's super rich too, uh, he, he was doing the um, family tree on uh, my mother's side, which for him is his father. So his mother, so my mother and his father are brother and sister. And then we did go over to somebody's house in Etobicoke and she's really into this ancestry thing. She's really into this, like big time, you know, she's just connecting with people in Florida, people in, you know, uh, across the country and just trying to find some common um you know, common uh, family member. And I think she's somehow related to my dad. And uh, this is on the Jamaica side. And because uh, I remember there was like, okay, these people got to be from the same place that my dad is because my dad doesn't have light eyes, but my grandmother did. And we met, um, I think it was two brothers and a sister. They had the exact same eyes that I do. The exact same eyes that, that my grandmother had. These kind of these light, I don't know, hazel eyes, I guess. And they weren't blue, they weren't green. I don't know, there was like these weird colors. And you know, we went to these people's house and man, I, it started to get dark, da- it started to get dark, right? Cause we were sitting outside, it was a nice summer day. And these people just look at me, I'm just like these cat eyes, man. <laughs> these feral cat eyes, you know, who's got Betty Davis eyes, you know? I don't know what color Betty Davis had, but just eerie, <laughs> just scary, eerie and fairy. Anyways, let me keep reading. Sorry to distract you. We, we need a little bit of a humor here. These women stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle. Our father died in the wilderness, they said. He was not among Korah's followers who rebelled against the Lord. He died because of his own sin, but he had no sons. Why should the name of our father disappear from his clan just because he had no sons? Give us property along with the rest of our relatives. Boy, these are five brave girls. You know, they're kind of going against the tradition, which everybody says, the patriarchy, the patriarchy, the patriarchy, you know, and everybody's screaming that, you know, all the women on YouTube, the patriarchy, the patriarchy, the patriarchy. How's the matriarchy treating you? Doing good? Okay. Um, So Moses brought their case before the Lord. Okay, that's good that he could listen. Obviously, he was a humble man. He wasn't like, ah, go on, get out of here. 
you know, making, uh, I, you know, one guy played Moses in a movie and the movie was pretty, a lot of creative license to the point of, is this the same story? And this guy was like disrespecting Moses and calling Moses a psycho, you know, but he had to show off in front of all the movie stars uh, when he made like billions of or millions of dollars playing Moses, right? He had to show off and say Moses is a, a psycho. I don't see psycho here. I see a, a humble man. I see a man who suffered in the wilderness for 40 years. I see a man that God could use. You know, my pastor told me about D.L. Moody. He said, you know, um, no, it wasn't a pastor, so it was at Impactus. This guy said about D.L. Moody, that D.L. Moody decided that he would surrender himself to God 100%. And then he went out and started preaching and said, why are people coming to you in the fields, but they're not going to church? And I don't know what he said, but it's because he was totally humble before God. That's how Moses was. Right? Remember Numbers 12 verses 3? He was the humblest man on earth. And I don't think Moses would have written, I don't think humble people write, I'm very humble in my humble opinion. So somebody else must have wrote that particular verse. It says, so Moses brought their case before the Lord and the Lord replied to Moses, the claim of the daughters of Zelophehad is legitimate. You must give them a grant of land along with their father's relatives. Assign them the property that would have been given to their father. So Moses is fair, but he doesn't know what to do. But, but the Bible says that the Lord is the one who said this. So God is not against women. If there are things in the Bible, oh, it's the patriarchy and this and that, Lord is very fair. The Lord says, you know, the, these people, they have a legitimate claim. Like that's a fair, that's a fair-minded God. And give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If a man dies and has no son, then give his inheritance to his daughters. And if he has no daughter, either transfer his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. But if his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan. This is a legal requirement for the people of Israel, just as the Lord commanded Moses. My question is, why didn't the Lord just say this initially to Moses? And the answer is, I honestly do not know. Did God want did God want them to fight for like they had to think about this Moses had to think about this he had to enter his discomfort zone like are we doing right here you know and, and of course he basically sought the advice of his father in heaven I mean this is like a good strategy you got a decision to make you got things to do you're in a stress about your debts seek seek God's advice he said he would listen a lot of people say that God is listening God has promised to listen to us when we pray in Jesus' name. We can come before God even though we're sinners because Jesus wiped away our sin and we're justified by faith in front of God because of our Lord and Savior, blessed, the blessed Jesus Christ. This is good advice. And it seems to me that the Lord is the one who told Moses and he's very fair, extremely fair. Joshua chosen to lead Israel. One day the Lord said to Moses, climb one of the mountains east of the river and look out over the land I have given the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you will die like your brother Aaron. So Moses sees the land from afar, but he's not allowed to go in. And obviously it's because he struck the rock twice. And somebody said that the reason that, yeah, he did strike the rock twice. He was not allowed to go in, but it's almost a commentary that the law of Moses which some people think is the 603 commandments, the sacrifice ones. Some people think the law of Moses is the 603 commandments, plus the 10 commandments, which is like the policy summary, the, you know, so 613 commandments. Um, it, it's as if, as if there's, as if this is saying 
the law of Moses can't get you there. The law of Moses can't get you salvation with God. You have to climb higher to the law of Christ or Christ has to come down because the law of Moses, which is regulations, rules, rituals, following rules, even though they're God's rules, they don't get you there because your heart is not changed. It seems we were studying Romans 3 at this um, Bible study that I went to in the big church in Newmarket, and it's a men's Bible study. And it just seemed to me that when you're studying Romans 3, it really kind of dawned on me there's two laws. The law of the external, the law of your actions, the law of your flesh, which is like the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses, and then the law of your heart, the, the, the new covenant, the law of Christ, relationships. And just because you're fulfilling the law on the outside doesn't mean you're all squeaky clean on the inside. Jesus said that to the Pharisees. You guys are doing the law, you look really good, but your heart is dead. But then, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to um, pay, I'm going to create a new covenant in my blood. And the new covenant is transforming your heart. And if your heart gets transformed, the outside will naturally follow. Doesn't that make sense? And I think I've said this badly, and I said it badly, not because I'm smart, because it occurred to me that the new covenant is kind of like, you know, the new covenant is backwards compatible with, with the old covenant, but the old covenant is not forwards compatible with the new covenant. Like you can't, you can't put Windows 95 software on a Windows 10 machine and have it work. But maybe, maybe Windows 95 could play Windows 90. Wait, maybe I'm getting that mixed up. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe there are things that Windows 10 can play that Windows 8 can't play. Or maybe there's stuff on Windows 10 can play Windows 8 and Windows 10, but Windows 8 can't play, uh, can only play Windows 8, but it can't play Windows 10. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And I just said it pretty badly. Do you know what I'm saying? So how I got to this point is that Moses is not allowed to go into the promised land. But, but we know that Moses was raised and he spoke to Jesus at the transfiguration. And we know that Moses is there. And that we know we'll see Moses again um, in the earth made new. I mean, it'll be quite a privilege to walk up to this man and, and hear, hear about his life. I'm sure he'll be happy to tell us. You know, how did you know? When did you know that God was leading? Um, did you go to the best schools? Was uh, Pharaoh's daughter nice to you? Um, how old was she exactly when she found you? Um, when you killed that dude, what were you thinking? Um, you had to run out of, was that a low point for you when you had to run out of Egypt? Like we're going to, because he is going to be in the promised land. Even though he's not getting to the physical land here in this story. And even though maybe this is kind of um, trying to teach us a lesson that the law, laws and rules cannot get us uh, salvation, right? That's what Romans is all about, teaching us that the law... You're not justified by the law. The law can't do anything. But we know that Moses, even though he wrote the law, he still loved God and that we will see him again. It'll be quite an interesting thing to hear from this man's experiences. Hey, like, dude, did you know you were like, uh, you know, a symbol of Jesus? Like you were a baby and they were trying to kill you and they put you into a basket. It was like a little ark and you were flowing along in the river till Pharaoh's daughter found you and blah 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 you know you're like yeah really i figured that all out already anyways but if his father has no brothers give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan this is a legal requirement uh for the people of israel just as the lord commanded moses so god passed this down to moses moses didn't come up with this on his own 
Joshua chosen to lead Israel. So one day the Lord said to Moses, okay, climb the, so we just went through that and I have a bad short-term memory. And look out over the land I've given the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you're gonna die like your brother Aaron. Wow, this is very um, discouraging. For you both rebelled against my instructions in the wilderness of Zin. When the people of Israel rebelled, you failed to demonstrate my holiness to them at the waters. These are the waters of Meribah at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Sin, Zin. I think Meribah means bitterness, right? Bitterness. So it's kind of bittersweet. You know, this is like, wow, I did a, I mean, this guy did a lot of work. 40 years, walking around in the desert, 80 to 120 years old. You make one little mistake and God says, hey, he's, he, Moses is a friend of mine. I speak to him face to face. We got a, we got a God with high standards. And thank God we have grace. Not to lower, not to lower those standards, but to like, hey, Lord, I need a second chance. I messed up. Verse 15, then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle. So the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, I guess we all need to be led. We need, we need Jesus. Jesus is our leader. But, you know, it's kind of helpful if you have a great pastor and you can kind of listen to him. You don't have to fight him on everything. You know, without, vision, without a leader, without vision, the people perish, right? Verse 18, the Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. So, you know, I remember two pastors talking that the Holy Spirit is put on somebody in the Old Testament but didn't live inside of him. Um... But then they said in, in the New Testament, the Spirit lives in you. And that's true. But it seems to me it says the Spirit is in him. Now, this is just the NLT. I'm not sure what the KJV says or the ESV. But it says the Spirit in him. So the thing is that maybe that's the way it always worked. But officially, it didn't work that way. I don't know. It says, take Joshua, the son of Nun, who has the Spirit in him. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of holiness. God's Spirit. God's mindset. Jesus' mindset. Verse 19, present him to Eleazar, the priest before the whole community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him, so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eleazar, the priest, who will use the Urim, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord, to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will determine everything they should do. Verse 22, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. The gauntlet is being passed. It's being passed from God to us. We're, we're a royal priesthood. We, have to, we follow, but we also have to lead sometimes. God bless. Thanks for listening. Take care.